0: I'm Neil Carter, the pastor at Rocky River Presbyterian Church. Thank you for joining us through our podcast. And let me extend a personal invitation as well to join us at RRPC in person Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. This season in the church is a rather odd time. We call it ordinary time, a time where there is no real special celebration like Advent, Christmas, or Easter. Easter. Some find it difficult to speak of time and faith as ordinary, but if you think about it, we have a lot of ordinary days in our lives. Even still, God is the God of special days, and God is the God of ordinary days. So come journey with us. May you be renewed and empowered, comforted, and challenged as we listen to and for God's word together today. Hi, I'm Neil Carter, the pastor at Rocky River Presbyterian Church, and thanks for joining in to our sermon podcast today. We hope you find God's love, grace, and challenge as you listen to and for God's Word.
1: In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested... Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: So here we are again, the first Sunday of Lent, and it starts the same way. Every year. The dates may be at a different time. It, it, that varies, of course, with all the solstice and the, and the equinox, those kind of things. But it doesn't matter. The story doesn't change one iota. We always begin first Sunday of Lent, Jesus going into the desert for 40 days. That's the way it goes. We break it every year. You know, the, the, the calendar is year A, year B, year C. Year A, we do the Gospel of Matthew, year B, which is this year, we do Mark, year C, we do Luke, and all three of them have this story. We start right here, going into the wilderness. There's a symbolism, of course, the notion of 40 days in the wilderness to confront temptation, to go up against those things, as J.D. talked about, being there by himself alone, to think about these issues The story always goes the same way, too. Jesus ends up in Jerusalem when this is all over, at the end of his ministry, uh, right at the same time every year of the 40 days and the like. We go to the tomb, and then we go to resurrection. The tomb is empty, and there's Easter, and then we leave in resurrection hope. This section always goes the same way for us every year, same manner. So for us, there's 40 days of Lent, give or take, You don't count Sundays when you're in the 40 days because you don't fast on Sundays because Sunday every week is is the celebration of resurrection hope. That's what the Lord's day is. So we're supposed to take this time and be reflective of all of our woes and our ills and those things that weigh us down. Come to grips with our humanity. Like I said before earlier today, we should do that all the time, but we don't. So it's a great time to set this aside. Lent brings us to the last week of Jesus' life and Holy Week. There in Jerusalem, Monday, Thursday, it's the time where we think about the Last Supper and Jesus being taken away, arrested. Good Friday, Jesus is on the cross, and then Saturday, the tomb. Sunday, the tomb is empty, resurrection. We have a great celebration in church and the journey begins with these first steps. Jesus going into the wilderness. That's the way it goes. 40 days in the wilderness. It's in all three of the synoptic gospels. Synoptic is, the, they're alike. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, as we talked earlier this year, they're, they have the same kind of framework. John, he's kind of doing his own thing out there. But these other three, pretty much in line the same way. Most people think Mark's gospel was written first and that Luke and Matthew kind of take his outline and then they kind of add some things that they want to talk about along the way. But they start with Mark's. As I told you earlier this year on the baptism of the Lord Sunday, Mark's language is a little rougher than the other two. They get his and they go, oh, I don't want to write it that way. I want to be a little nicer than that. So you notice in that passage the, uh, the notion of in baptism, the, um, the sky is opened in Matthew and Luke, but in Mark, the sky is torn apart. We talked about that earlier this year. And then after baptism, interesting part, Matthew and Luke, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, led him or leads him. That's that's a nice, comfortable word, isn't it? To be led. Come this way, sir. Please. Please come this way. And that's the way we would expect the the Trinity, the Godhead, to treat each other, right? Please come this way, Jesus. We're taking you out to the desert to be hungry for 40 days. Please come this way. Mark, uh, not so much. Following the, the baptism, what Emma read for us, the Spirit immediately... Remember we talked about that earlier? Mark loves that word immediately. It's always on the go. Mark, the spirit doesn't lead Jesus out. It says it drove him out into the wilderness. Drove him out into the wilderness. The word is ekbale, which means it's kind of like what you would do. Well, we're almost to, um, to spring training where the uh, pitchers and catchers show up down in Florida and the pitcher takes the baseball and he, and he throws it really hard to the catcher so the pitcher, I mean, so the batter won't hit it, right? That's akbalay. The spirit throws Jesus out into the desert here with Mark. This is where he's a little rougher than the other two. The other two, the spirit leads him out. Here, Mark just pitches Jesus out there. Get out there, buddy. This is your time to be in the wilderness. You're out there. And why is he out there? Mark tells us to be tempted by Satan and be with the wild beast. Now, Matthew and Luke tell us that he fasted and that he was hungry for 40 days. Which is kind of already understanding. If you didn't eat for 40 days, the obvious ending of that is you'd be hungry. But Matthew and Luke go on to detail. Remember, they tell this, this battle, this duke out, these temptations that Jesus faces with the devil... Turning stones into bread, or Jesus, the the devil taking Jesus up to the pinnacle in Jerusalem and saying, Jump off because the angels will take care of you before you get smashed. And then the ultimate one, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world if you'll bow down before me. Matthew and Luke tell those stories. They don't tell them in the same order, but they tell those stories. Now, in Mark's much shorter lead gospel, the shortest gospel of the four, Mark foregoes all of that and reduces this story to one sentence. Jesus is in the uh, wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan with the wild beast. End of the story. Mark's done. He's condensed this version, this Lenten version, down to one sentence. Lean on the details. But he didn't leave one thing out. One thing Mark includes. He didn't skip over this. Did you catch it when Emma read it? He was in the wilderness 40 days. Tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beast. And the angels waited on him. So along with the Satan and along with the wild beast... And everything else that you might find in the desert, the heat that burns your skin, thirst that makes your tongue so thick in your mouth, plants that are crowned with thorns, sand that sticks in your teeth and crunches. There were also the angels. Angels waited on him. There were angels in the wilderness, and it's, in, it's really important to remember that, I think. Even Mark's sentence-long story of Jesus' 40-day journey does not leave that detail out. The angels waited on him. It's a report, it's, it is important for us to remember that and hear it again because we know this story. We know this story. If you hang around in a church long enough, you're going to know that Jesus went out into the wilderness for 40 days. And we can't overlook the notion that the angels were with him on that first Sunday of Lent. I suspect that as often as we tell this story, the angels are the thing that are missed most here, I would suspect. As a matter of fact, if you go out and you, and you pull up your internet at home, not now, but pull up the Google, pull up the big Google and, and, and put in this story of some sort, you know, Jesus in the wilderness or something, you're going to come up with the notions of repentance and temptation. Angels, I suspect, will not make the list, at least not high up. Yet, even Mark, with his immediately always in a hurry sort of way, doesn't leave the angels out. Meticulous Luke, he doesn't mention them at all. And Matthew mentions them coming in after everything else is done. But Mark, Mark includes them for the whole time Jesus is out there. They wait on him all the time. And, and here's the funny thing. Mark is not an angel sort of guy. Like I said, his, his language is pretty rough. And Mark's kind of that guy. You know, if you read his gospel... He never really talks about angels throughout the rest of his gospel. They don't really show up in his story, but they show up here. Mark doesn't disregard the temptations. He just doesn't point any specific one out. He says, Jesus is tempted for 40 days. He doesn't discount that the tempter was with Jesus. He's out there. He's with him. It's all there. He just doesn't leave out the notion that the angels were with him every step of the way. And that's pretty important detail, I think, to remember about Jesus in the wilderness and his experience. But I also think it's, it's important in ours as well. To remember, as Mark does, that they were out there with him from the very beginning of his journey... Just as God was with our faith ancestors in their 40-year desert journey in the wilderness. Just as God promises to be with us in the wild and lonely places of our lives as well. We need to be honest about the trials and temptations that Jesus faced in the wilderness. I am not discounting those at all. And we also have to be honest about the temptations and the trials and the wild beasts that we face as well that surround Jesus in his desert trip and that surround us at times in our journey along the way. Those things that we need to think about and acknowledge that scare the bejeebas out of us all the time. Lent's a time to do that. Lent can be a time to take stock in our lives, to step up and come clean about those things that tempt us and that scare us. Part of our Lenten journey is the notion to acknowledge there's an old prayer that's in prayer books that says something this effect. To acknowledge the harm that we have done and the good that we have left undone. Lent's for that, for us to acknowledge the harm that we've done and the good that we've left undone. Or in in 12-step programs, step number 10, continue to take personal inventory, and when we are wrong, promptly admit it. That's what the Lenten journey is, step 10 for 40 days. We take stock of our foibles and our failures and our sins. We probably should take some stock of the angels as well. The angels that we know and that have loved us and been with us every step of the way in our wilderness times in our lives. Angels that waited on us, as Mark would say. Angels who waited on us. Who showed up when we were tired, thirsty, surrounded by wild beasts, just as they did for Jesus in this story. Yeah, I suspect that our wilderness angels probably don't look like the angels we would picture in our heads or have seen. No white robes, no rustling wings. The angels that were with us in our desert journeys probably looked more like, I don't know, an elementary school teacher who believed in us when we couldn't believe in ourselves. Or maybe that coach or who would give us a chance to play when, when in reality we weren't really very good at dribbling the basketball. That's me. <laughs> or catching or hitting a baseball. Maybe your angel is a colleague who's got your back during a rough time at work. Or maybe a friend who listened to your fears and your grief as a relationship is ending. Sometimes I suspect our wilderness angels are people who accept us even when we're not at our best. Kind of like we would be after being out in the wilderness for 40 days. Without any food. It would be a really bad hair day. I suspect. There's a great preacher. At Riverside Church in New York. William Sloan Coffin. He once said this. There's more grace in God. Than sin in us. Maybe our angels hear us. When we apologize. When we've hurt them. Or hurt others. Maybe our angels are simply the people who are willing to walk with us in the wilderness and the deserts of our own lives because really we can't make this on our own. For me, in high school, it was Mike and Joe and a girlfriend whose name just happened to be Deb. When my parents separated and both moved out of the house and left me there at sixteen. It was Mary when I was working at, or I was at, the, at Divinity School and they decided to stick this white small town guy in urban ministry and said, you'll be just fine. It was David who helped me make the transition from the Pentecostal church into the Presbyterian world when I didn't think I could figure it out. And it was Doug who helped me when I thought ministry was going to churn me under. And you know what? It's a lot of you on those days when I'm sure I swear to God, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. But you folks are there for me. You have your deserts and you have your wilderness and you have your angels, too. The spirit immediately drove him out, cast him out, threw him out, chucked him out into the wilderness, and said, you're out there, buddy. And he was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan. How? All kinds of ways. Not just three. And he was with the wild beasts. And we know wild beasts can be pretty scary. And the angels waited on him. Our Lenten journey leads us to wilderness times and places in our lives in a world all around us. Yeah, Lent can be a difficult road full of wild beasts and fearsome things. But not the least, our own failings as well. The times when we let those very fearsome things get the best of us along the way. And in our own wilderness of Lent, We can certainly feel as if we're surrounded by wild beasts of despair, regret. But don't forget, Jesus in the wilderness out there being tempted and with wild beasts, the angels were right there with him. Don't forget that the angels are right here with you too. Mark did not forget that. And that is something he did not leave out. He was in the wilderness for 40 days tempted by Satan and the angels waited on him. Mark didn't forget it and neither should we. Amen. Let us stand and affirm that which we believe. This is Neil Carter thanking you once again for listening to our podcast at Rocky River Presbyterian Church. You can also visit us at our website complete with our online donations For those wishing to give, come check us out at our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter. Or if you're in the Harrisburg, North Carolina area, feel free to drop in and visit us in person. Thanks again for being with us today.